great confidence that as we connect with you through your spirit and through your word, that you will move through your church to accomplish your will in the earth today and your kingdom in the earth today. For that, we thank you tonight. Father, we ask that your precious Holy Spirit would guide us as we come together to pray. And for that, we give you thanks in advance. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, welcome tonight. This is our Wednesday night service here at Faith Christian Center. And um, this is the first Wednesday of the night of the month. This is April 1st, April Fool's Day. Well, this is not fooling. This is real what we're dealing with. And we're really here. And uh, our first Wednesday of the month is our normal prayer night for come together and pray. And since we can't physically gather here, I thought we'd use this as our time together through Facebook or YouTube or however you're watching this tonight, that we could do this and we're actually having a greater uh, exposure and greater contact than we would if people were actually coming here. I would encourage you tonight to not be a spectator. It's hard enough when you're sitting in a service on a Wednesday night, but even more so when you're sitting home and you can be drinking a cup of coffee or a Coke or something. And, but don't be a spectator tonight. Be part of this, especially what we're doing tonight, because what we're doing tonight is very, very significant. We're going to pray. And that's what we've come here to do. And it's a very special uh, prayer that I want to talk about a little bit. I've made uh, people aware of it a little bit, but I want to... Uh, make a couple of announcements first of all before we get into uh, before we get into our little lesson and then uh, coming together to pray uh, this uh, Friday and Saturday is our normal connect uh, group time and uh, we have some that are going to function online so if you want more information about that you can go to our website which is faithccenter.com and in the upper right hand corner there's a little icon that says connect groups if you click that it'll take you to somewhere where you can get more information and we can get that information available to you also reminder that what God had put on my heart a week ago is to do a, a little morning chat on Facebook and, and Instagram uh, back in World War II, some of that, most of you weren't around then. I, wasn't, I was born at the end of that. Uh, but what President Roosevelt did to lead the country through that difficult time, and, and, and again, the first few years of World War II, I mean, we know the outcome now when we look back at the History Channel and the movies and things like that. They didn't know the outcome. And those first few years, things went from bad to worse. It looked terrible. It looked like we were never going to win. But one of the things that did it, of course, is prayer. We'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. But President Roosevelt began to go on the radio every night for a very short time for what he called fireside chats. Now, back then, they didn't have television. People would gather around their radio for news. And, of course, we have so many more opportunities to get news, almost too much. But it really came to me to, to do this every day, to just spend five minutes or so with a little word of encouragement and maybe a word of focus. So if you've not been looking that, I encourage you to do this. It's also a way for us to still feel connected together as a church. Um, also, uh, on Sunday mornings, we're doing our, our regular uh, service here at 9.30. It's being live streamed uh, over Facebook and over YouTube. And you can go to the website, as you hopefully have tonight, and you can either click on YouTube or Facebook, and it will take you to that link and, and open it up for you. And there, they, at least on YouTube, it stays there, so you can go back and, and look at it again. 
And lastly, before we get into the lesson for tonight and to prayer, uh, I've been doing for our normal Sunday morning Catch the Truth program, which is on WPRI uh, on, at 11 o'clock. Uh, every Sunday morning, we've been on there for over 18 years. But I've been sitting down and doing a special message each Sunday. And so we're going to do that again this Sunday. This will be Palm Sunday, and, and then next Sunday's Easter. We'll talk more about what we're going to do about that later. We're trying to work on some special things to do. So those are some of the things coming up. Also, encourage people to watch it. There's a little share button on some of these social medias. This is another great way to invite people that might never come into this building if we're meeting here. And, and right now, people are hungry. They're looking for answers. Someone that may have some good positive news out there. And what we're sharing, as many other churches are, is the good news. So share it with friends. People, let people know that we're on and they can look at it and get a taste of what, what this is all about. And we're just be- really believing God's going to do mighty things through what looks like a difficult time. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. So this is our, our night for prayer. And um, there's, uh, as I was looking at tonight and looking at uh, uh, some teaching, actually I've, we've shared some things from here b- before about that wonderful church in Dallas, and there are many down there, but at Gateway, Pastor Robert Morris's church. We showed a video series of his a couple of years ago here. Uh, and I tuned in last Sunday's message, and they are part of a program called Unite 714. And I got kind of interested in that. And what they're doing is they're praying every service they have, they're praying a prayer that's being prayed together by thousands of churches around the world. So I, I looked it up and I went online and I found that we could sign up for that. So I signed our church up for that. So we're committed to be part of that. And I'll explain a little bit more about that as we get to the end of our little teaching here. But it, it brought me back to that scripture, Second Chronicles 7.14. So I want to talk a little bit about that because what we're going to pray tonight is based on this scripture. And you'll see this scripture. We've, the church has been using this for years. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray and, and, and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. And that's the basis for this movement of all these churches literally around the world. Uh, and, and, but I want to go back and give you some background for that. This is not just some scripture that's been pulled out of the Old Testament to be used for a basis of prayer. I want to give you some foundation so that we can have a greater foundation of faith to launch off into this. And what this comes from is from a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, but I'm going to go back to chapter 6. And what's happened here is, is uh, this is King Solomon. Uh, his father was King David, the greater warrior, the, the one that wrote so many of the Psalms. And, and King David, near the end of his life, uh, cried out to God and said, you, I live in this beautiful house that you provided for me. You've done all these things for me. I want to build a house for you to dwell in. And God basically answers him and said, that I did not call you to do that, but I've called your son to do that. So David raised all the money for it, but then when his son Solomon took over, this was his primary responsibility was to build this temple known as Solomon's Temple. So we're going to pick up where this temple, which is one of the most fabulous things that's ever been built, has now been constructed, and, and they're ready to, to, to dedicate this. And we're not going to take the time tonight to go through all that they did to dedicate this temple. But I want to, I want to just start with his prayer, and it's in Second Chronicles chapter uh, 6, and I'm going to read verse 12, and then I'm going to go down to a specific part of this prayer. 
Then after the church was ready to be dedicated, the temple, said Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of the assembly of Israel, and he spread out his hands, and he began to pray. And we're going to pick up in verse um, 28. And, when, and, and so we, what he's saying here is when, when, if these things begin to happen, if we end up in a war, if we end up in these difficult things, what he was doing is consecrating this temple as a place that the people would come to and meet with their God and that they would already have prepared ahead of time this place. They would already have dedicated this place ahead of time to cry out to God that he, if he would hear them and he would deliver them. So it goes through a number of things that if they've sinned and then enemies come against them, if they've lost battles because they've not been doing what was right before God, all these things that could possibly go wrong because they've slipped or they've failed or, or for whatever reason. And we're going to pick up on this one in verse 28 because it's particularly appropriate for where we are. Verse 28 through 31. For when there is famine in the land, pestilence or blight or mildew, or locust, or grasshoppers, when the enemies besiege them in the land of their cities, whenever plague, or whatever sickness there is. So whenever sickness, a plague of sickness, comes against this land, whenever prayer, whenever supplication is made by anyone, or by all your people Israel, or when each one knows his own burden, that's his own things he's going through, and his own grief, and he spreads out his hands to this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and forgive and give everyone according to all his ways whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of sons of men, that they may fear you to walk in your ways as long as they live in the land which you gave to their fathers. So this is Solomon's prayer that when these things happen and my people, either we come together as a nation or people going through their own challenges turn to you, they'll turn to face this temple that we built for you and we're asking you because we're dedicating this to your purpose that you will hear from them and answer. Now notice one of them in verse, at the end of verse 28 is whenever plague or whenever sickness there is. That's obviously what we're facing right now. Not just as a people of Faith Christian Center, not just as the people of the United States, but the entire world is facing this plague of coronavirus or coronavid 19 or whatever it's called. And so this is Solomon's prayer. Now we're going to go over to chapter 7 because this is God's Answer, verse 12 says, The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. So what God's saying is, you've dedicated this place as a place where you can come and meet with me in their times of trouble. And now I've heard your dedication and I have promised you that I will come and meet with you and I will hear your prayers and I will answer them. Verse 13, when I shut up heaven and there's no rain, command the locusts to devour the land, set pestilence against my people. Here's verse 14. If these bad things happen, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin 
and I will hear their land. Now, several hundred years later, we're going to look over at Second Chronicles chapter 20, because now the great-great-grandson of Solomon is now king, and his name is Jehoshaphat. And they wake up one day and discover that three warring nations are bearing down on them at the exact same time. It's like three plagues suddenly come against us. It's like this was. You know, we were, we were on vacation in February and come back, and yes, we'd heard of things going on in China, and yes, we heard of things going on a little bit in Europe. We came back, and within one week, everything shut down so suddenly. And it's as if this thing hit us suddenly. Well, that's what happened here to Jehoshaphat. He wakes up suddenly and finds this enemy bearing down, and it says that, that, that he was afraid, but then he turned to seek the Lord. And he turned to see God. And what Solomon, do, what Jehoshaphat does, is he makes reference to his great-great-grandfather's prayer that we just read, that this place, this temple, was dedicated by your people, that in these times happen, we can come to this place, and we can seek you, and you will answer. And did you not indeed answer from heaven, and tell us that if we did this, that you would heal our land. And so Solomon, or Jehoshaphat cries out to God and says, that, did you not hear this? And, um, and God answers them and tells them the answer, which is basically the answer God gives them, is that the battle is not yours, but it's mine. He tells them to go out to the edge of the battlefield and watch God defeat their enemies. But it started with prayer. They didn't just go out there boldly. They didn't just presume. They went to their God who had made a covenant promise with them that He would hear them and He would answer them if they came and they made that petition to Him. And then God did what they could not do for themselves. I like one of the things that Jehoshaphat says, we've never been in this place before and we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That was the prayer I said the first Monday I got up after this thing hit. I said, God, I don't know what to do. I'm totally inadequate to lead a church through this situation, but my eyes are on you. And I felt God say, I will take care of this. Keep your eyes on me. Now, this is the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? We don't have a a temple like that that we can go to. We have a church here, but this is not the church. This is the building that the church meets in every time we come together on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the believers. The church is not in a building anymore. The, the, the presence of God that was in that temple is now in the body of Christ, which is you and it's me. So I want to read a scripture that God began to impress on me uh, months ago. And, and it's really appropriate this time. It's out of John chapter 15 when Jesus is preparing His disciples that He was about to leave them. And I love this chapter because it's all about how Christ, God is, uh, Jesus is the vine, well, in our, in our culture, the trunk of the tree, and we're the branches. And He talks about the branch has to abide in the vine. 
The branch has to stay connected to the vine, and if the branch stays connected to the vine, then the life source, the power of the sap of the life source that's in that tree will flow through the branch and produce fruit at the end. And that's the old image that Jesus is using here of the relationship that he now has with each believer. And he says, abide in me. My father is the vine dresser. He's created the vine, but I'm the vine and you're the branch. Abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing, just as apart from the trunk, the branch can do nothing. But I want to look at one specific verse here, and then then we'll pray. Verse 7. If you, talking to believers, if you abide in me, that means if you understand, receive, and walk in this union that's taken place between you and me. In many places, in the gospel, in many places, especially in Paul's writing, it talks about how we're one with Christ, we're in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 In Him we live and move and have our being. Ephesians chapter 2 We've been raised up in Him or with Him to be seated with Him in heavenly places. When you opened your heart to receive Christ and made Him the Lord of your life, the Bible says you were fused together with Him. Luther describing this. Martin Luther says you were cemented together with Him. You've been joined together with Him. You are one spirit. We are His body on the earth today. He is the head and we are His body. So what Jesus is saying is if you live in the reality of this union with me, if you face the situations of life today, not on your own, not separate, not wondering around, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But you realize every moment of every day, whatever you face, you're facing not alone, but you're in Him. In fact, we're in Him together in Him. And Satan works so hard to get us to try to do everything we do as if we're separate and on our own or doing things for Christ instead of letting Him do things through us because we're joined to Him. That's especially true when it comes to prayer. Because when it comes to prayer, if we don't understand this, we think we're doing this on our own. And on our own, we can't possibly have confidence before God that God's going to hear us because we know ourselves too well. But God doesn't hear you and see you alone. He hears you and sees you in Christ. God believes this because God's the one that did this. So your confidence to pray comes from the reality that it's, you have the same standing before God that Christ has because you're one with Him. How could God the Father see you differently if you're the same as Christ before Him? Because you're in Christ. So the Father's going to hear you the same way He hears Jesus because when you cry out to Him, it's Jesus crying out to Him because you're one with Him. So look what Jesus goes on to say. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Notice this. You will ask whatever you desire and it will be done unto you. 
Now let's go back to what the Old Testament was we just talked about. Because they had dedicated a place, presented it to God, and said, we built this place as a place for you to come and dwell. And we've consecrated it to you for your purposes. And now we're asking you that whenever trouble comes, and in our context, a plague or sickness and disease, we're asking that you, when we cry out to you, that you would hear from heaven and you would heal our land. We don't have that building, but God has created the church, you and me, as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and when we're dedicated to His purposes, then it's the same and even greater consecration than Solomon did in the Old Testament. And here is Jesus' promise that if we, if we would come to the Father with the confidence that He's in this dwelling place, then we can have a greater confidence that He hears us and He will answer our prayer. God is calling us tonight urging us tonight to come together as His believers and to call upon Him to end this terrible plague and then to do His will. Now having said that, I want to speak a little more about this Unite 714 movement. If you want to find more about it, you can go to the website which is Unite, U-N-I-T-E, 714, which is based on this scripture, dot com. Uh, if you go to United 714, you're going to get information about an air, uh, airplane flight on United Airlines. But it's Unite 714. And what this is, this is a group of, a, of thousands of churches that have come together and it crosses denominational lines. There's a list in there. I went through down. There's Baptist churches. There's Presbyterian churches. There are Methodist churches. There are Word of Faith churches. There are Pentecostal churches. In this time, those denominational titles don't mean anything. It's the body of Christ together, coming together in unity to pray in this time. We together are the temple, just as there was a temple in the Old Testament. The church coming together is the temple that's been consecrated to be able to cry out to God and to get an answer. So what this program is, is every week they're publishing a new prayer that everyone that's committed to this will pray. And we'll do this at every service that we have. Sunday and Wednesday night, we're going to start the service with that prayer for this week. But if you go to that website, you'll see those prayers. And you can even look at prayers for the future. So that's what we're going to start by praying tonight. And then we'll do the same thing again. Uh, well, Sunday will be... this. The prayer we're doing tonight is the prayer for this week. Sunday, we'll do the prayer for next week. So here it is. I'm going to read it to you. We're going to pray this together. I'm going to pray it out loud. And then what I'm going to ask you to do is to simply be there in agreement. One of the most important things Jesus said about prayer was in Matthew 16 and then in Matthew 18. And he talked about the prayer of agreement. He said, wherever two or more of you are gathered in the earth, well, we've got at least two or three gathered physically here, but we may have hundred or so out there gathered together. It, if you will agree as anything as touching the earth, I will hear from heaven and answer your prayers. Jesus said, if two or more of you agree, it shall be done for you in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Actually, literally in the Greek, it says, whatever you will come together and bind on earth will be as if it's already been bound in heaven. 
Whatever you come and agree on earth as releasing, it will be as if it's already been done in heaven. In other words, that authority has been given to the church. I don't have time to go into it tonight, tonight but in, in Ephesians chapter 1 it talks about the power of the resurrection. That authority has been given to the church. This now the body and He's the head. So the church has been given authority of, the authority of Christ to exercise His authority on the earth today, especially when we come together in union and the promises that heaven will back up what we say and what we pray. So that's what we're coming here to do tonight. So I'm going to ask you as I pray this that you agree with me in this. And don't just be a spectator. Just agree with me. If you want to pray in the Spirit, that's fine. And then we're going to go on and pray a few other things before we come to an end. So this is the prayer. Lord, we humble ourselves before you today in prayer. Our hearts are saddened by the reports coming from our nation and around the world of the continued spread and devastation of COVID-19. Today we draw near to your throne of grace in confidence and faith, knowing that you will hear our prayer. Your word says that though we are people who once were in darkness without you, you were merciful to us and called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. You made us a royal priesthood, a holy nation, You are God who is full of mercy, compassion, and grace. You said we can receive mercy in our time of need. We need your help. We cry out to you because our world is in a desperate place. COVID-19 has created a dire time of need, but we are standing in faith on the promises of your word. Today, we are believing that as you appointed the Old Testament priests to stand in the gap as intercessors to see plagues and disease eradicated, so you will use the church to intercede and see COVID-19 eradicated from the earth. Therefore, we stand together as your royal priesthood, and we now take authority over the COVID-19 virus. We pray COVID-19 will be eradicated. Victims will be healed. Doctors and nurses and scientists and first responders and all, the vulner- all that are vulnerable would be protected. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Now I want to go on and pray for some other things and then share something with you and ask you to uh, agree with me in prayer. We're going to pray, first of all, you should do this every time that you come to pray is because it says in 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 uh, First Timothy, Second Timothy, we're to First Timothy. I forget which one now. Two, First Timothy two that we are to pray first of all for our leaders and those in authority so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. The church has been so guilty for so many years of criticizing our leaders, and we're never told to do that. All I know this whether you're Republican, Democrat, who you are, I would not want to be in the place of our president or our governors making the hard decisions that they have to make. They need our prayers to be strong and to have wisdom. And we all need them to be strong and to have wisdom. So we're going to pray first of all for our president, for our leaders, our national leaders, and then we're going to pray for our governors. Father, we come to you tonight as the body of Christ and we call upon you to give strength to our president, 
to strengthen his body, strengthen his soul, strengthen his mind, to stand strong under the immense pressure that he has to be under right now. Spiritual pressure, natural pressure, physical pressure, emotional pressure. It is in our interest that he stands strong. Not only that, you have commanded us to pray for him. So in obedience to your word, we pray for him, for his safety and well-being, for Vice President Pence, for his safety and well-being. We pray for the leaders of Congress, for unity. This is a national, international crisis. It's time to put things aside and to stand up and be leaders. And we call upon you, Father, to give them the boldness to put aside their petty differences and to rise up and to be the leaders that you've called them to be. We thank you for that. We pray for our governors, especially Governor Baker and Governor Raimondo. Father, when they ran for office, they never bargained for this, but they found themselves in this place. And I believe with all my heart they're doing their best and that their motives are to save people's lives and to stand up for their country, for their state that they have charge over and the responsibility. Now we ask you to honor that, Father. We ask you to give them strength and wisdom and courage to be bold, Father. We thank you, Father, for their health, that you continue to protect them, Father. We pray for those that are working with them and giving them counsel and advice, Father, that you would give them wisdom. We know, Father, we know personally that you have placed with them counsels, people that, that know you, that walk with you, that are filled with your Spirit, and you place them there strategically. And Father, we just pray that the gifts of the Spirit will operate, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, that your Spirit will be present in these council meetings, in, in, the, in the strategy meetings, Father, because this has not come from you. And so we thank you, Father, tonight. We thank you. We pray for our local municipal leaders as they have to enforce some of these things. For our mayors, Lord. We pray for our town councils, Lord, and those that are giving executive leadership, Father. We pray for them. We pray, Father, for their police that are out there on the front line having to enforce some of these things that are faced, Father, still with protecting us from danger, and they have to face the threat, Lord, that they may come face to face with someone that's contagious. We ask you to protect them physically. We ask you to protect them emotionally in all those areas, and we bind you, Satan, from them and from trying to destroy their lives. We pray, Father, for all of those that are now in any way affecting our lives. We pray for the chief of police and both in all the communities around us that this church affects and influence, Lord. We pray for wisdom for them, Lord, and courage and safety, Father. We thank you that. Father, we pray for our pastors in this area, all the pastors in this area. Lord, they're facing things as we are, Lord, to make decisions about what to do in days to come, how to keep their churches together, Father, issues of finance and and all of those things, Father. We pray pray that you would continue to give them wisdom and grace. Help them to have boldness, Lord, not presumption, not foolishness, but boldness to continue to to, to proclaim the gospel. We thank you, Father, that in a time, Lord, when it looks like the economy and people's jobs and finances can be threatened, Lord, that your ways are are stronger than that. Your financial system of sowing and reaping and tithes and offerings is not subject to the 
limitations of the economy, Father. But you have caused your people to prosper in difficult times and you will continue to do that so that your work can go forward without hesitation. Father, this church supports, the people of this church supports many, many missionaries that are out there depending on this support. And we thank you, Father, that as that support continues to come, you continue to provide for the people. Lord, help all of our people, not just of this church. Help them to have your vision, Father, and that they will have your boldness, Lord, and your courage as that you will meet all of our needs. And for that, we give you thanks, Father. For that, we give you thanks, Father. For that, we give you thanks, Father. Father, we pray for those right now that may be struggling with fear. Father, there, there are those that have been prepared, their faith has been strong, and they've not been moved. But Lord, I know there are many out there that have not done that, and they've not built in them a reservoir of word and of faith. And they're afraid now, Father, and they can be desperate. You're a God of mercy, and you're a God of compassion. And we, we prayed that earlier as a united prayer. And Father, we ask you to bring comfort to them. Father, your word says that the, the strong are to reach out and to help the weak. And we pray now, Father, that you would do that, that you would bring comfort to those, Lord. Father, we're living in a time now when we're used to coming together. And your word tells us to, in this day and age to not forsake the assembling together. And although as to honor what our government is telling us to do for good sound reasons, Father, we still need to be able to connect together. And we know that you've not been caught off guard by this. That this internet and the social media that's been used for so many destructive things, you're now using to bring people together. Father, whether they're connecting through the internet or not, help people to connect through the phone, through text messages, through emails, to reach out and check on one another. We thank you for that. Father, we pray for something else that this church is stepping out to do. Father, you put it on our hearts today, not to say, you put it on our hearts to begin to provide uh, uh, food and, and, and materials for people in our communities that, that, that are suffering and struggling. And our government, Lord, our local government's not been able to do things they've been able to do before. But you've ordained the church to be the source of supplying needs. It's not your ultimate plan that the government does this. It's your plan that the church, that Christ, bring compassion, not just by prayer, not just by words, but, but we do it with tangible ways. And so, Lord, as we, we ask you for the wisdom that we need to organize this program of relief that you've given us the, the assignment to do, we thank you for volunteers that have begun to step forward. We're asking you, Father, to touch the hearts of businesses that you've already begun to touch that those business people will begin to recognize that this is a, a, a unique time and that they need to begin to give. We thank you, Father, for open our, give us wisdom of, for the ways and how to do this and that your spirit would come behind it and anoint what we're stepping out to do. We thank you for the protection of everybody involved. And we just thank you, Father, that this is the finest hour of the church of our generation. We thank you for the power of prayer. Father, the church of the United States, our church, most churches, Lord, have been weak in prayer. Prayer has not been our predominant uh, uh, influence, our predominant priority. 
But Lord, may you use this time for people to to get on their knees, to, to every day reach out to you because there are no other answers out there right now except the answers that come from you. And we thank you for those in advance. Now, Father, I believe that with all my heart that this... Well, I'm, I'm going to stop right now, Father. I, I want to just say something before we get into this, this last part of, of our prayer tonight. There are people out there I know that are saying, this is the tribulation, uh, this is the end, this is a plague sent by God. Uh, possible? Yes. But I don't think so for a number of reasons. First of all, when God sends a plague to destroy, nobody's recovering. And people are recovering from this. You don't see a lot of that in statistics, but they are recovering from this. Secondly, when God's plagues of revelation come, about a quarter to a third of the world's population is going to die, not the numbers that we're seeing now. I don't believe this is God. I believe this is Satan. This is Satan has snuck up on us and in one of his goals is to try to divide the church, to separate us so that we can't do what we're here to do because he knows the end is near. But a good friend of ours, and he's a friend of this church, Tony Cook, sent me a little text early on in this and he made this observation. He said, the Apostle Paul in prison, so he couldn't travel around and preach, wrote Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians from jail because Satan cannot bind up the Word of God from going forth. Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. I believe that what we're on the verge of is a great outpouring of the Spirit of God. I believe this is awakening Christians that have been marginal, is awakening them to realize this is real. This, what we've been living with our whole life is not going to go on forever. It's time to do something. I believe it's separating out those people that are just never going to get committed to church from those that realize, I need church. And now they've got to intentionally do something to hear the Word of God. But even beyond that, I believe this is a wake-up for the world because the world's trusted in our medicine, our scientists, and we've lifted them up so far above God that we don't even think we need God anymore. And now what we're seeing is they don't have answers. And these are good people. These doctors, these, the, 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 our civic leaders are good people. But this is beyond them at this point. It takes God to step in. So I believe that this is the beginning. This is an opportunity. This is not a disaster. Now I'm sharing that with you, not just to encourage you, because what I want to do as our last thing of prayer, I want to pray for God's will to be done in this situation. The Lord's Prayer that, 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 that we, is, we've all learned, hopefully as a child, and prayed in church, that, that uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So remembering that God is holy, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Everything we do, our prayers, our Bible reading, our church fellowship, is ultimately to see His will done and His kingdom come. I find that as I pray for my family, 
when I stop praying for my family, they're my kids, they're my grandkids, but instead I recognize they're your children, they're your grandchildren, they belong to you for your will to be done them, it changes my prayer for them. Well, that's true for this time that we're in now. That's true. We're not going to pray just that we get out of this. We're not going to pray just that this thing ends and we can go about our lives the way we were. We're going to pray that through this and because of this, that God's will will be done for the, for the, for the spreading of His gospel, that His kingdom will come into this earth, into the lives of people. Because if Jesus is coming back soon, the window of opportunity for people to come to Christ is going to close. So in this last time, this great urgency, God's going to pour out an opportunity like we've never seen before except maybe in the very beginning. But that needs prayer to birth that. So that's what's behind what I want to pray right now. So I'm going to ask you to join me, agreement, pray in the Spirit, pray out loud, but just make sure that we're together in this. Father, again, we come to you. And we say, holy is your name. The world has disregarded your name. It takes your name in vain. It laughs at your name. It mocks your name. And even your church has really not elevated and honored and worshipped your name. We've just taken it for granted. And now is a time, Father, that before anything else, we must honor your name. You are the God of all creation. You are Jehovah, the self-existent one that does not, knows your existence to no one and everyone and everything owes our existence and its existence to you. You are the source of all life. All life exists by you. All life exists for you and for your pleasure. You alone are holy. You burn, your holiness burns with a holy fire. You are so pure and you are so holy that the angels around your throne, all they ever do is cry, holy, holy, holy. And that's all they can say because you are so purely holy. No one can stand in your presence unless they come to you in the Holy One, Christ. And Father, we count it We count it tonight, such an honor that you would include us into Christ so that tonight we can come into the presence, into the presence of a holy God without fear of judgment, without fear of being burned in our place. And we can come by a new and loving way and speak boldly to you. You are a holy God. And we come tonight, Father, that we might come together in agreement in the midst of this worldwide pandemic and crisis and whatever economic thing might follow it, we come to cry out tonight, Father, to see your kingdom come and your will be done in the earth in the midst of this. However you choose to use this situation, your word says, and it's often misquoted, that all things work together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Well, we love you, and we're praying tonight that your will be done according to your purpose. And so we pray tonight, Father, that this thing will be turned around 
not just stopped, but you will use this as an opportunity to birth an outpouring of your spirit and a revival of hearts to sweep into your kingdom in these days, a mighty harvest of souls. So, Father, as Jesus prayed in Matthew chapter 10, when he was commissioning his disciples to go forth, Jesus prayed that you would send laborers into the harvest. As the, as the early disciples prayed, when they were persecuted and told not to preach in the name of Jesus, they came to you and sought you, and they asked you to give them boldness that they would proclaim his name boldly. And we're asking you for boldness. Boldness for our pastors. Boldness for our leaders. Boldness for every member of the church. Boldness in this time when people ask questions, when people are hungry, when people are searching, that your spirit in us would give us boldness. We pray for strategies, Father. Not man's ideas, not man's plans, but the Holy Spirit to pour forth now with the power and demonstration of your spirit to stretch out His hand that signs and wonders may be done in the name of Your holy child, Jesus. Father, we thank You for the privilege of living in this excited time. I ask You to give everyone that's part of this prayer meeting tonight, everyone that's part of this church tonight, give them this sense of purpose. This is a divine purpose that You have for each one of us now. It was for this reason that we've been placed here. And Paul prayed that he would, he would press on, that he would lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of him. And Father, this is what You've put this church here for. This is what you put the other churches here for. This is what you put each one of us here for. Give us that sense of purpose every morning when we get up. It's your kingdom. It's your will be done. And Father, I know that as we begin to do that, that the anointing of your Spirit will come along behind us and will pick us up and will give us confidence and boldness and a sense of authority. I take authority in the name of Jesus. We come together as a church and we take authority as the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's as if Jesus were standing here tonight or standing in each one of our homes tonight. We take authority of the, that, this satanic virus because Satan is the one that puts life in this virus and we've been given authority over you so that nothing shall in any way harm us. We bind you from this virus. We break us authority in this earth. And we command this to die in Jesus' name. And everyone that agreed with this with me said, Amen. And Amen. And Amen. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I felt an anointing here tonight. I just have an excitement about me that the God is going to just pick up you. So... Get this focus in your mind. Don't look at all the news and think, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Let's say, God, what's going to happen today? Wow, I can't wait to see what's going to happen today because God's in the middle of this. And He's in the middle of this. He cares more about what happens now than you or I ever possibly will. God's great hand is here. His right hand is here to begin to reach out and do what He wants to do. And He's going to do it through you. And He's going to do it through me. He's got to do it in the church, through the church because the church is His body and the earth. So get excited every day when you get up.
Get excited. Whatever bad news you hear, get excited. At, wow, the worse it gets, the better God's grace is going to get. Praise God. I could almost preach again, but I'm not going to. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in. Normally we will receive our tithes and offerings tonight, and we just encourage you to go online uh, to our website, faithccenter.com. There's a place there for giving, or you can text it, 28950, and if you've never done it before, just put an FCC tithes, FCC tithes, T-I-T-H-E-S, and then a space, and whatever you want to give, and it'll direct you, it'll set up a way so that you can give. That's what I've been doing for a couple of years now. It's so easy, I have set in my, 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 my phone to remind me uh, Friday morning. It's the first thing I do, and it's done. I just get it out there, put it into God's hands, because God is going to bring you through this. Praise the Lord. Again, I want to thank our production crew that came out. I want to thank our worship team, Pastor Ray and everybody, for coming out tonight. And I want to thank you for being part of this tonight. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Let's close with a little bit of worship. <laughs>